Hello and welcome to Your Life Choices. It's me, John Deeks, and it's great to have your company. And with Christmas almost upon us, it's time to get your thinking caps on and what you might be doing when it comes to food. Now, what are some of the best tips for Christmas cooking? What can keep you sane while at the same time feeding the troops without busting the budget? And what to do with all those wonderful leftovers? Well, today we might have the answer. International award-winning chef Eddie Vasich has a true passion for using the very best and finest produce from regional areas and his latest venture, Flirtatious Food Boutique Catering, offers lovers of food the best there is. And today we're going to pick the professionals' brains for tricks and tips for easy Christmas cooking. Eddie Vasich, welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast. John, thank you very much for having me. Now you have, I'm just going to set up some of your uh, credentials here, my friend. You are an award-winning chef. You had the best winery restaurant in the Yarra Valley. You worked at a Michelin-style restaurant at Rodos uh, and uh, in, at uh, Gary Rhodes in London. Uh, number one on TripAdvisor in Cairns at Fusion Art and all the rest of it. Honourable mention on the Age Food Good Guide. Victorian Wine Room, which was voted the best country restaurant in 2010, 2011. In other words, mate, you know what you're doing. Oh, I've got a fair idea. You've I've got, got a, a fair, fair idea. idea. And if you I know- don't know, I make it up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Now, Eddie, um, first of all, you're from Port Lincoln originally. Uh, yeah, I was born in Port Lincoln. So uh, you'd be a millionaire? Uh, yeah, I wish. Uh, Dad sort of gave that up. Uh, I was very sick in Port Lincoln. He was a, he was a tuna fisherman, so he knows all the names yeah. uh, as far yeah. as that goes. Uh, but we moved over the, to Melbourne because I was uh, a chronic uh, asthmatic at the time. Oh. So we moved over here. Port the climate Lincoln's was not the better. right place to be uh, an asthmatic? I think because of all the grains, silage, uh, things like that. A lot of my friends are okay. a little bit like that Interesting. too. So Interesting. Yeah, it was. I mean, I've been back there recently last February with my uncle. So we did a road trip and been a few changes in all these years. But, uh, but um, the sharks are still there, mate. Oh, the sharks. Like, geez, I love a big shark over in Port Lincoln. The sharks still are. So your <laughs> love of food came from where? My background is uh, my parents were born in the old. Yugoslavia, in the mm-hmm. Balkans. Uh, my mum, she's a Slovak, so probably more from the mum's side of mm-hmm. the family where growing up, I grew up in Moorabbin. So growing up in Moorabbin was, especially Christmas time, we're talking about Christmas, was yeah, my mum would do a turkey, fill it up you know, with a stuffing, but it mm-hmm. was not your typical stuffing that you would probably have with sage and bread and so on. It was semolina and chicken kidneys and parsley. It was a very different kettle of fish. And then the turkey would cook for as long as it needs to and she would baste it. So it's a European background that I grew up with watching my mum and my grandmother cook. You know, my grandma was a fantastic baker. She'd do those poppy seed strudels that, like you see in the shops at Ackland Street there. But... Uh, and, and no offence to, to the shops there, but they Not were big and mom. fresh. And um, mm. you could walk down the street in primary when we were coming home from school and you could smell the baking in the air all the way down our street. So, Do, do we still in Australia go for the traditional Christmas fair, which is basically the European fair, or is there more of a swing towards <laughs> what there should be in that salads? and? Uh, oh, it's a bit of both, actually, John. As I do my catering, we have had both. I've had people that want sort of a mixture of the seafood and the tradition, 
Mm. I think it goes a little bit that way. So we still stick to a bit of the tradition, I think. I did, uh, I call them gigs. So I did a gig in, uh, I think it was Sandringham or Hampton or something uh, last year and they had the traditional style. So I thought I'd give them a show. I'd do mum's style turkey, you know. Yeah, And, of course, mid-year, when it's winter in Australia, uh, people like to do that uh, Christmas in in, in July or whatever it is. I've done a couple of them with the lifestyle communities where – you sauce out the turkey. You saw, you know, they want their roast. Yeah. It's it's a roast and veg, and you know, you, it's all the delicious you typical. Won't re- stuff. You won't remember putting the thruppences and the sixpences into not, the puddings. Not quite. Not um, quite. I, I can remember that, and that was always a great part of my growing up. And obviously, this podcast is going out to a lot of folks who will remember those times. Sure. And also your lifestyle catering that you talk of. This is uh, fascinating to me. Uh, what kind of foods do they really enjoy you cooking? They enjoy all sorts of foods, but when we do the Christmas in Julys, there's, uh, we do it for lifestyle, well, for all of them, but this one in particular is a uh, regular client, which is uh, Lifestyle St. Leonard's. Mm. And, and lovely Kim there, she gives me a buzz and says, Ed, they want flavour. They don't like plain, mm. but again, that traditional. So, yeah, my forte is that Mediterranean style of food. You know, oh, European fabulous. Mediterranean style of food. Fabulous. So it's 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 very bold. Mm. So even the plain old potato is not a plain old potato. You know, it's got garlic, rosemary, onions in it, and so on and so forth. So, uh, they get their nice roast veg, which will be potatoes, uh, sweet potato, and carrots. So sort of root vegetables, and then peas uh, infused with mint. And it just flows on from there. And then we do a, a like a mini pav with your berries. So, yeah, we keep it and, and you source the puddings out. If I can't find puddings, then it's a nice chocolate mud cake or something. Yeah, well, my, my, my juices are flowing in my mouth, mate, just <laughs> hearing all of that. And growing up in the late 40s and early 50s, as I did, garlic just wasn't on the menu. I mean, garlic was not used. If there was going to be onion, it would be uh, an onion put in. But, boy... Our food tastes because of all the folks coming from all around the world and coming into Australia, introducing so many fabulous foods along with the Asian uh, influences now and everything else as well. But that Mediterranean food, no wonder they last so long over there. Uh, (laughs) And the use of olive oil. My partner, Jill and I, we, we only recently in September got back from the Balkans. Most of them are live in Montenegro, for instance. So, mm. uh, And they use olive oil, but they use all these flavours and there's not a lot of stress and they enjoy life in general. And that, that's something that I, I, I really want to adopt. <laughs> well, they don't eat to survive. They eat as part of life. It's, it's part of life. And everyone gets involved in it mm. as well, you know, from, from little tackers yeah. to, to... And they watch their parents cooking. You, like you that's watched great. your parents yeah. cook. And that's how it goes on. Yeah. Well, let's get on to some of the tips and tricks that uh, Eddie Bassich, uh, award-winning chef... Uh, from Flirtatious Food, who is with us today. Some of the tips that uh, you might like to advise folks on so it doesn't bust the budget, but they don't go insane trying to cook for the troops. Number one is is shop around a little bit, you know, and have a look, whether it's at your favourite supermarket, whichever one that is, or, I mean, I try to keep it as local as possible. Uh, yes, because you are known for your local produce. You, you love your yeah, local produce. Yes, I do. I'm, I'm, it's a big And you're lucky because you're on the Bellarine Peninsula. Oh, so, yeah, very lucky. We've yeah. got so much there. I mean, I play uh, masters for a local football team and there's a farmer there. I can get my lamb straight yeah. from him, you know. Yeah. So um, that's And, and that's I guess important. also, apart from going to the supermarkets, if you want to save dough, go to whether it be the Victoria Market or, or your local 
markets, wherever you happen to be listening to this, we shop at the Victoria Market a lot. Yes. And the freshness is just incredible and the, the prices are so much cheaper. Well, it is. For, for me, that was where I would shop would be when I was living based here in, in Melbourne itself. So mm. being on the Bellarine is a little bit further out, but I still try to go to some of the farmer's markets or I'll source it out. Look, it can get a little expensive with the local, but then it can be really, really cheap as well. A lot of us love our seafood for Christmas. If you can afford to do it, and not a lot of people like the whole fish, but a whole fish and a barbecue ends up being cheaper than some sometimes the fillets at forty dollars sure. a kilo, you know. And and Christmas time, you know, they they pump those prices up mm. uh, like mad. And uh, so it's really shocking. If one around. was going to buy a whole fish and wrap it up and do all the good things with it, what is a good fish to put on the barbecue? Oh, look, my go-to, my go-to is snapper. Mm. And our lovely white fish, isn't it? Yeah, our Victorian snapper is uh, no offense to my Queensland friends, but <laughs> our Victorian snapper is big. They're bold. They're fat, yeah. and they're, they're chunky. And you can just about do anything with it. You can boil them. I usually uh, score it, and you know, again, the garlic goes into it, and a lot of herbs, and maybe some tomato in in the, the cavity, and uh, salt, pepper, and there's a little vegetable stock I use, which is uh, actually it's a Croatian stock, which is called Vegeta, which my daughter say, your dad, you use it all the time. No, I don't. I use it in particular reasons. It just enhances a bit of the flavour in it. So it's okay. like it's basically a veggie stock. And then wrap it up in, in uh, proper good baking paper, then foil, and then chuck it in your barbie, close the lid. And it's about simple. It's very easy, Eddie. 20 minutes or so. And then you open it, John, mm. if ever I can imagine the smell. Oh, so okay. it's like that scratch and sniff sticker you used to have in primary yeah. school. This is what wow. I try to bring to people's minds. <laughs> so perhaps buy a big fish and that's a cheaper way of doing it, an economical way of doing it? Oh, yeah. I know some people are a bit funny about that. Or um, you can eat – look, a lot of fishmongers, you buy the whole fish and you ask them, can you please fill it at? and generally speaking they would yeah, if sure. they're a good fishmonger out there as well. Generally they'll clean it up for you, take it – it's not hard and just cut around the back of the spine there and then lift off – the little bits and pieces. I never, ever guarantee, even with a fillet, that there's no bones. So be careful. Be careful. Always. Exactly, yeah. Okay, getting away from fish now, getting towards uh, the meat. Yeah, uh, look, you know, traditional ham, uh, you've got your turkey. Is, All it, this- is it more economical to buy a ham uh, like on the bone or is it better to buy it already un- deboned? Oh, look. Is it, it better to buy cuts? Yeah, it's your choice at the end of the day. There are ones where there's, there's some really cheap good... cheap already? The cheapest ones are the, are the hams which are off the bone and you can actually buy them sort of... They're either a, sort of a rolled ham. Yep. They're probably the cheapest way to go. Where they're... Um, you can still put all your nice glazes and things on them. You're just basically just warming them up and then put a nice orange cranberry or orange mm. honey glaze over the top just before it comes out of the oven. And if you're worried about it being dry, cover it in a bit of foil. You know, turkey and, and of has always, me to me, I, I can't stand turkey because it invariably ends up being really dry and, you know, it just doesn't seem to do it for me. And it's obviously the way it's being cooked. How does Eddie Bassich cook a turkey without it being a dried old bird? Yeah, I, it, well, um, you know, I, I put, there's a lot in here and as, you know, I put butter into it. Uh, under the skin, and then of course ah, the stuffing the is quite way, a, huh? it's quite a, a juicy filling as well when you fill it. And then when I cook it, there's a good amount of moisture wherever it's just just water. And I put onions and garlic 
in the bottom of the pan as well. Okay. And then cover it and cook it for the majority covered and then uncover it to, to, to give it that nice... Crispy. Crispy, the brownness, probably half an hour or 20 minutes before or thereabouts. Have you got so, any cooking tips on your website? Uh, no, I don't. Well, it's you get on to yourself, to son. Got to, Stop got hiding all this into your own brain. Uh, as my partner says, I'm the, I'm the world's best procrastinator. I don't know. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> but oh, I'm getting sure. there. This is all part of it. So we're getting it for 2025, uh, 24, sorry. We're going to be um, uh, adding a lot of recipes and things and how to do as well. Like I think you mentioned, like, for instance, Christmas, what do you do with, with all the leftovers? Wow. There you go, Eddie. You've asked the question I want to ask. Right. So, like I said, it can be a bit dry. So... It, the juicy bits in particular, I do a really nice chicken sandwich mix. You can do the same with the turkey. It's celery, a bit of the stuffing through it, diced up nicely, mayo, salt and pepper, and red onion and dill, and then chuck that into a sandwich. Or the ham, for instance, you, you can actually freeze the ham too. You know, you don't have to have it all at once. If you've got one of those vacuum-packed machines... Yes. Uh, That's a good put, way to save money too, getting absolutely. one of those machines. Yeah. Pack them up if you've got a bit of room in a freezer. My partner's mum, she's 70, and this is what we do for her. She just stacks it in the freezer there and she says, perfect. Yeah. So she saves herself a, a whole lot of money, you know, with, with a lot of these leftovers that we have. The other thing is too, you do have a lot of leftover veggies. Yeah. So... Um, Bubble and squeak? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Bubble and squeak. I mean, if you've got your peas there, for instance, you mix it all up together. It'd be lovely. Or make a veggie lasagna, make a veggie strudel out of it. So there's, you know, in a whole week, depending on how much you've got, you could feed the whole family and with just the veggies in, in different ways. Uh, mix it all up and make maybe, if you've got a pasta machine, make a nice ravioli. Wow. Uh, with a vegetable stuffing in it and gets a Napoli sauce and off you go. You so. seem to uh, have a lot of uh, tips as far as uh, cooking uh, with all of your experience. Um, that's fantastic and thank you so much indeed for all those tips. Tell me about the restaurant that you found to be the most fun you've ever worked in around the world. And you've worked from everywhere, from London to Montenegro, as you spoke of earlier, throughout Australia... The ones I loved the most were where the team, they were interested and they wanted to learn and and it made our life, you know, we, we had our moments, yeah. of course, and and when I was coming up through the ranks, uh, <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> yeah, it was sure. tough, John, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and very, I can't say it on this podcast very, here. We'd yeah, probably have to pull it back quite other, a bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, kitchen but, confidential here. Yeah, yeah, yeah very. <laughs> um, you have to uh, get my memoirs. Yeah. I think the best one here was actually I used to be the head chef of the Albion Hotel in Port Melbourne. Yes, I know it. 99, 2000, and the team there was fantastic. And we, we were sort of one of the first gastro pubs in this area. Yeah. That was great fun. The other one was uh, I used to be a head chef of, it used to be a place called Babalu at Sofitel. Babalu, or well, it was a region at the time. It was Babalu, and um, that was a great hip little place. Yeah. yeah. And then probably the highlight of my career uh, is actually working for Gary Rhodes in London uh, yeah. back in '98 uh, with uh, and and achieving the Michelin star uh, as a team there. No so mean feat. It was unreal, you know. I really want to uh, speak with you again, Eddie, because you are a, a mine of information, and um, I hope that uh, flirtatiousfood.com, don't put an AU because you'll get nowhere, but flirtatiousfood, one word, .com, go to that website, check out Eddie's uh, information there, and hopefully he gets off his bottom and very soon 
gets to put some recipes in there and some other odds and sods because uh, if you could do that, I know a lot of our listeners would love to find some fabulous recipes that you've come across over your time. Yeah, no, I'll do that. I'll be more than happy to come back. And also we've got our uh, Facebook page, oh, great. which is Flirtatious Food and uh, Instagram as well. So I'll probably be posting a lot of uh, videos and how to do, and we're even looking at probably uh, starting a next year, uh, which is not far away, uh, a u- little YouTube cooking class. Ah, multimedia. Yeah, multimedia. And, and, and we're starting private cooking classes as well. So if there's people out there, I come to your house and we do oh, private Eddie, cooking classes. Sensational. The bottom line, folks, for Christmas cooking, go early. Don't go hard, but go early, check it out, plan it out. Don't make it last minute because you'll get, you know, spanked price-wise. But think it through and make it easy on yourself, right? Absolutely, John. Try to go a little bit earlier. And if you take some of my little tips there, then I think you will come out trumps. Eddie, a great pleasure to speak to you, mate. Be well, have a great Christmas, and I'll look forward to talking to you in 24. Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me, John. A special guest on today's Your Life Choices, Eddie Basich, and we'll be speaking to you again very soon. And thank you for joining us for our Your Life Choices podcast. Mm-hmm.